0: trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with Aaron Amber from Tua Gear, uh, Tua Hunting Gear, and uh, it's a brand new clothing company, right? There's a lot of them that have come out within the past five years, and here's another one. Um, got to give everybody a shot, right? So Aaron hops on, I, I believe he's like... I forget what his what his title is, but he's like a product developer. Uh, I think he might be the president of, of the company too. But anyway, he's deeply involved in all the decision making that comes through every piece of apparel that they design and sell. And so, just like every episode, right? I got to ask him the company history. Got to ask him the materials. Uh, why they decided to come out with a Western themed lineup before a Whitetail themed lineup. Uh, Talk to them about their camel patterns. Talk to them about uh, you know why they decide to come out with specific pieces of uh, apparel in in that order, right? And and why the whys behind that. So uh, just like every hunting gear uh, podcast where I talk with the manufacturer, I really like to break it down. I really like to uh, you know ask a lot of detailed questions about uh, the process. Uh, of manufacturing, the material they use, uh, whether that's a broadhead or a, uh, uh, some clothing, socks, boots, whatever. And then, uh, you know, what their future plans are for the company, right? Because a, a lot of times what you're seeing is uh, a company comes out with a specific product, but then they expand into a whole bunch of different products uh, that sell, right? And a lot of it has to do with marketing, a lot of it has to do with market share, and uh promotions and, and who they get to help promote their products so it's a really interesting episode i know you guys are going to enjoy it especially if you're a gear nut got to do a commercial now and that commercial is for code blue Sense. go visit code dot where you will find everything you need for your uh, scent elimination products you know they have sprays they have laundry detergents. They have deodorants. Uh, they have wipes that you can wipe your skin down. Uh, everything that you need to help stay scent free. And then on top of that, they have all the other fun scents too, like your synthetic deer urine, your real deer urine. They have tarsal glands. They have uh, the orbital gland scent that I, that comes in the Ropa Dope package. And so what you're getting there is just a full lineup of scents and scent elimination products so it's kind of a one-stop shop for all your needs uh, code codebluescents.com i do have a discount code nfc20 uh, man i cannot wait i i have right now i have a, a tree and in front of the tree is two mock scrapes that i have uh that i've made and so i'm hoping that they they have visited those they're active and that as soon as i get there uh, and sit in that tree they're going to come start checking those scrapes so that's uh, that's the goal anyway uh, other than that let's get into today's episode with aaron amber of tua gear ladies and gentlemen welcome to the hunting gear podcast my name is dan johnson and today we are joined by aaron amber of tua gear aaron man welcome to the show
1: yeah thanks dan glad to spend some time with you this morning and uh talk all about tool gear so yeah. uh look forward to our conversation the windy path of, of the fall and uh the journey of our company so yeah,
0: there you go how has your fall been this year have you been out and done any hunting yet
1: well you know i i did i got back i went out the third week of uh, september and uh i grew up uh, on a farm and ranch in south dakota so uh one of my probably my deepest passions has been chasing the pronghorn antelope during the rut and typically that's like the third week of uh september actually about the same time you exactly want to be in the elk woods. so i didn't have an elk tag this year so i headed out to uh western south dakota and saw some family and drugged my dad along and he uh was doing a little deer hunting in the morning then we'd go chase a bunch of pronghorns actually not a bunch of pronghorns because it was really tough this year and uh, so i was out doing some gear testing and and uh, bringing cactus back to uh, back home, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and having my uh, lunch served to me, so it was a great hunt. Though I love the Western Plains, oh, yeah. uh, love the demands, and I love the grit that it that it requires, and uh, you know, just it just uh, that it's been decimated the last uh, winter uh, by the uh, you know a lot of pronghorn die offs so it was a tough tough hunt probably drove around 98 percent of the time and two percent of the time just getting public land and trying to find goats yeah man
0: uh i will say this i love colorado i've been to uh wyoming i love like love it out there but there's something about the plains that i absolutely have fallen in love with specifically western south dakota uh and in three weeks i'll be heading. I'll be heading out there trying to chase some mule deer. So uh, I absolutely love it out there. Been going there for, oh, geez, six years now or something like that. So yeah. love it out there, man.
1: I think two years ago, I remember, I think it was two years ago when you were out there and it was a heck of a trip. I mean, you uh, I just remember the highs and lows and you out there beating it. I think I got my, my facts right. Maybe it was last year, but you've been beating it pretty hard out yeah. there. Um, yeah. And doing it, you know, doing the public land way. And, and it's, a lot of walking acres, uh, a lot of BLM, but as you know, it's still tough to, to get on critters.
0: Yeah, uh, it. I, I've been beating the land and the land has been beating me, <laughs> is what I feel like. Uh, you know, I, here, I'll i tell you this, here is where I'm at. Can find them in a spotter, right? I can, I can sit on a ridge, I can find them in a spotter. I can even start to get a little closer and find them there. But when we're closing in on that last 500 yards, I am still so green where I'm I'm creeping up like I lost them. I'm creeping up into this drainage where I last seen them. And then all of a sudden, I see a group of does or a lone doe staring right at me. She bounces off and and then the rest of the drainage blows out. And I'm just like, got to start over.
1: Yeah, (laughs) well, and it's tough, as you know, when you're out there trying to pick some some graphical spots where yeah. you know you start taking off on your stock you're like well I know where that little ridges or that dark weed and and as you know it, it it from from glassing at high at high areas it looks like there's nothing there right right that and then you see if like kind of a little drainage a little low spot and then you get down in there and then it just it's like oh my gosh yeah. there's way more undulations in in this piece than I think and then you're like I still think I got the right direction, and, and to your point, and then you might find a landmine along the way that yep. you didn't see through your glasses. So yep. it's definitely trying, um, but I, I love it. I, I just love the grit, and, and uh, it's tough. But you do anything in the Western Plains and spot and stock or decor or whatever, it, it, it certainly puts a beating on your body.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I'm getting old. I'm getting older, <laughs> right? I, I, uh, I'm 40, I turned 43 in November, and I think within the next – seven years, I'm gonna try to check off as many of the big physically demanding hunts as I possibly can because I I honestly don't know how my knees are going to react to yeah. getting older. I I know I need a knee replacement already. Uh it's just that right now I'm masking it with steroid shots or you know, like yeah. uh cortisone shots and things like that. So Ah, the joys are getting old, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little bit ahead of you, and I I worry as well. I have some – I've been putting in for really tough tags for the last 20 years, and I have, you know, 19 to 22 years of preferences for sheep and mountain goat and Mm -hmm. moose, and and I'm a little worried myself because I'm in the 50s now, and uh, I wish I was in the 40s. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know at some point I'm going to draw those tags, and it's physically demanding. Even my little pronghorn antelope pond, I was like – damn i'm too old for this shit you yeah. know it's like gosh dang it's it's tough but right. i'm a smarter hunter today than i was when i was 20 years younger you know yeah that's
0: a fact that's a fact all right Two-oh gear 2 gear right that's how that's how yep. it's pronounced Two-oh. t-u-o gear and uh you guys are are fairly new correct when did your company launch
1: Yeah, we launched uh, this fall, so fall of 23. So I would tell you the the idea of Tool uh, started probably about four years ago. And uh, we have a ton of background in product development, soft goods development. And we really saw a niche, if you will, in the marketplace that we wanted to take the handcuffs off and do something and create a solution, if you will, Uh, for that western hunter and uh, we believe that we had a lot of experience and you know over a hundred years of experience and we're really good at fabrications and fit and you know we're all users I mean I, I I know a lot of companies will claim users but I mean I've been you know I've been around a long time and I tell you what I was carved out of the west so whether it was Wyoming or it was the mountains of Colorado, or it was the western plains of South Dakota or Nebraska? I, I have a lot of background in that area, of just like real people hunting and, and really knew the demands and the needs of the consumer. So, hence the formulation of 2O Gear, um, and uh, so we're excited. We've done a heck of a job on product testing and fabrications, and just dialing things in. Because Dan, as you know, um, a lot of a lot of people can create stuff. Uh, but creating a product, a finished product, and getting it from the 20-yard line in the end zone, that mm. red that red area from the 20 down to the end zone, is tough um, from a fit and finish and function. And uh, we've we nailed it, and we're excited about what we have going on here. Okay. Now,
0: I'm going to throw a tough question at you. And I'm, I'm playing sure. devil's advocate here because – I've, inter- I've interviewed a lot of clothing companies, gear companies on this show specifically, and they all say roughly the same thing as far as we've identified uh, a niche and we feel we can attack it and, and, and find success in it, right? And now what we're seeing is there's a lot of companies like what you're doing out there right now. OK. Um, and so my my question to you is, what do you feel, whether it's the gear itself or the process or the, the experience? What sets you apart from everybody else that's doing the same thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the the first the first angle I'll take on answering your question is that we believe that simplified um decisions for the consumer was important. Yeah. And and I, you know, believe it or not, I know all the other guys out there, even the leaders of those companies. And one thing that I wanted to make sure we did is demystify the shopping experience for the consumer. So develop the right amount of silhouettes, if you will, or styles that doesn't make it like, man, there's seven pants. There's 12 vests, there's 14 jackets. So what we really try to go after is the right amount of styles that actually work together to, to fill from an early season, you know, August 15th antelope hunt to the opening of elk to the early season rifle elk in October to the inclemency that you might meet in mid-october when it's snowing and you're trying to get out of camp so we developed i'd say a simplified assortment with a right amount of styles and go from the hottest of conditions to when you're you're trying to stay warm and dry to survive so i think the simplification is the first thing the second thing i think we've done really well dan and you know i would tell you camel patterns are in the eye of the beholder Mm. whether you like them or not and i have certainly a lot of opinion Um, and I believe that we did a great job with our camel pattern, which in many cases, Dan, it really ends up defining the brand. You think about when Kuyu did their thing and SICK, and I can take you back because I've been around a long time. I can go back to the original days where part of the success of those companies was less about the effectiveness of the camel pattern than it was the uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And we believe that our camel pattern really – accomplishes two things it accomplishes uniqueness in other words i want a different look i i I don't want to be in that camp or the other guy's camp it's too proliferated i want to be part of a smaller camp and i would tell you our verse camo um that we came out with looks great so you know at the end of the day people want to look sexy uh behind a critter or or on on a mountain vista view they want to look great and then secondly which actually drives us even more importantly, is the impact and the effectiveness of the pattern. And we believe the Burst Camel pattern looks great, but more importantly, from one of the DNA pillars of why we're doing what we're doing is it's got to work. And yeah. we think we've done the right job from connecting the fashion element, we're gonna call it what it is, to the effectiveness and then to have a camel pattern that can work in the west from, you know, subalpine to alpine to plains. Like what I was describing earlier about antelope hunting. I was using it out in the plains. looks great. Dad was taking some pictures of me from afar. And, uh, too, even, you know, at some point, uh, some people are getting up in the tree and doing some white tail hunting, which uh, we're not there yet. Uh, you can definitely take us whitetail hunting, but it looks good in the tree as well. So, yeah. I think uh, the simplification the camel uh, pattern and then you know we could get into fabrications and fit which i'm telling you it's easy to say tougher and hell to do to yeah. make sure when it gets on body it fits and functions properly and it's not going to let you down
0: yeah uh one thing one thing that you said that i i personally like is i'm the kind of guy who when i go to a restaurant if the menu is small and i have less choices uh that's great I I don't have to sit there and go, what kind of hamburger do I want? There's 40 different hamburgers on this menu. So you got to read through all of them, right? I like going to restaurants that have like 10 options and that's really it. Uh, And it better be good. It better be good if there's only 10 options. But I like, I like those types of places. And I do agree with you where a lot of these companies have products where, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, uh, a lot of companies will have a pant for this, a pant for this, a pant for this, or a shirt for this or whatever, whatever the case may be. But there's, there's so many options when in reality that pant would work in combination with a base layer in combination with an insulation layer. So it's more about how you layer and less about what pant or what, um, uh, jacket you're wearing. It's about the layers that you're wearing in those scenarios. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I, Dan, that's right on. I mean, layering and, and um, is certainly the key. Um, and layering for two reasons, not only from the simplification perspective, but you know, moisture management um, is everything for for being successful and keeping warm and dry. So certainly, to the to the degree you can layer, to put things on, or take things off. Uh, to scale with whatever demands that you're meeting whether it's august 15th or or a shitty snowstorm that you get into on the top of the mountain on october 15th so that layering is definitely an important piece and i you know it's cliche to when people say less is more but it is true less is more mm-hmm. and the other fact about what is tough about less is more it's tougher to do mm-hmm. think about planning and going for your hunt here in a couple weeks it's super easy to throw all your all the stuff in the bag right the tough part is when you're going to a fly-in trip and, and you have to say, I only can take this much, mm-hmm. it's very difficult. And just parlaying that into when we decided and we start building the assortment, actually less is tougher um, because you have to make sure those key attributes that you're going to face from early season to late season, you're able to address that. Um, yeah. And uh, so but I have a ton of respect for all the other brands that are out there doing their thing. I just think, Um, it's way tougher at a consumer level to make those decisions of what exactly I need to buy. At some point, it's kind of like your menu. It's like, you know what, just give me the special because, you know, this is just too much for me to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think there's consumers in the apparel world that just want it to be more simple. Yeah.
0: And I will say this. I've had my hands being in the position that I've been in, being able to go to the ATA show, having people send me gear, things like that. Um, I've had my hands on a lot of equipment. And there are some things that look cool, but, but definitely don't perform. And I'll tell you this, man, I, I really do think that um, it, it's, it sucks if people fall into that, hey, I want to look cool category. To make their purchases because then the next thing they know they're getting out of their tree stand because they're too cold or they're too hot or it's raining and as they're climbing down the tree stand uh a a deer walks by or they're walking off the mountain and they hear an elk bugle and they're just like dude i can't go i can't go do it
1: yep well you know dan i would just tell you that our our promise and what continues to drive us is the last thing you want to deal with is the variabilities of weather Mm -hmm. like you know, I, I think whoever you take to the woods, whether it's your bow or your arrow or, or any other equipment you take, you don't want to have to think about failure. And I yeah. think the same thing in the apparel that you bring, because there's enough challenges out there where you're dodging cactus, you're, you're coming upon landmines of does blowing up on you, you're battling other hunters out there. There's a limited amount of time that we have to go pursue our passion. The last thing I want you as a consumer to worry about is, am I going to stay dry? Are things going to perform are the is the material tough enough am I gonna, am I going to keep warm enough and be out there when I need to be out there to kill that critter mm-hmm. or am I have to turn back and go go back to the truck or camp because I don't have what I need so right. um, again we're, we're certainly passionate committed um, it will continue to build out the assortment it, it'll be probably bigger as we go forward but it's going to be very purposeful and that's our commitment
0: yeah, absolutely now here's one thing that I always I always uh, think about. And that is, man, the, the different body types and styles. Uh, like, uh, I'm, uh, I'll say this I'm bigger up top. I have broader shoulders. Um, I have a, a thicker torso. Uh, I have a wider chest. And my legs are, uh, are smaller. And then, but you got my brother, who we're pretty much the exact same person, except he's got a narrow chest. And he's smaller up top, but he's got huge legs and like big calves and things like that. So with all the different body types out there, how do how does a company like Tuo say, all right, we need to design a garment that fits all those people?
1: Yeah, it's, as you can imagine, mathematically, it's impossible, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I'll give you another simple example. Like when we fit hoods, like hoods are really important. Fitted hoods to have that movement left to right that you need. And we have a couple of uh, people that we use um, to try hoods on. And one guy's got a longer neck than the other. So one guy's saying, Hey, this is kind of binding on me and pulling at the back. And the other guy says it's perfect. So, you know, I, I think it's a combination, just your experience um, based upon the body types you're fitting on it. Mm-hmm. And um, you're trying to make the best decision for all. And then, you know, there's just situations where. Guys will have to, you know, they may have to grade up um, on a top and grade down on the bottom. So it's tough. But I think our overall sentiment with tool gear was to make sure we had a, um, I would say, a more athletic fit. It's not a boxy fit and it's not super athletic, but it's definitely more progressive. Mm-hmm. There's certainly a movement that we, we try to make sure like pants are the greatest example. Like every time you lift your knees, there's potentially friction that are, that's created. And with the friction or drag comes fatigue. So having pant fit right, where it's in the crotch right, it fits on the hips right, the articulation's right to make sure there's minimal fatigue or drag, if you will, that creates fatigue, that's probably where fit is the most important. Jackets are probably not as um, uh, thin line from a design perspective as pants. And pant fit is tough because there's – you know, some guys will be like, yeah, this is just a little too athletic for me, or it's not athletic enough, not talking about tool, but just designs in general. So right. we definitely push the limit, and we. And I'll tell you, it really doesn't matter what we believe, but the feedback we've gotten so far from the people that are using our gear that just aren't going to tell us what we want to hear and blow sunshine up our ass, we're like, you guys have nailed it. So I'm going to let the customers um, speak for it, and we'll continue to learn, Dan, as we yeah. go forward. Yeah. Uh,
0: now there's there's so many different uh materials out there that peop that you can play with you can design your own you can interweave and and or you could buy stock or you know there's there's so much to, uh different types of material to play around with. How did you guys make the decision to go with the material that you went with in creating these garments
1: yeah dan it's it's really. When we when we product brief or create a concept for any given style, we really go to the attributes first. Whether it's got to have mobility, um, therefore it must have stretch. Um, We want durability, or durability is not important. It's got to be you know um, uh, uh, water repellent or not. So you take all those attributes, and and I'm telling you, creating a pant. And a jacket's easy. They're all the same, right? They have two sleeves and chest and the pants hip. You know, it's basic stuff. But yeah. I'm telling you, what's not basic is to the heart of your question is fabric. So we I would tell you, we're always fabric first thinking about what are we trying to deliver? What's the right fabric? And then once you nail a fabric, then it then it becomes into the pattern development yeah. and the designs and the fit. So uh, we spent, I mean, we, we look at so much fabric, Dan, I, it's nauseating to me. Uh, because there's so much uh, um, details within the details, who will spot on a spot, if yeah. you will. Um, so it it takes a lot of time. When we just had a ton of experience, you know, it yeah. it's not something you 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 learn overnight. And I and I have a lot of respect for new brands that start up and startups. Will want to fit a niche. Well, yeah, so do I. But to have the product development. Um, background and the years of calluses and hard lessons and relationships with key fabricators, if you will, textile companies, that's where I tell you the secret sauce is. And we've just been doing it for a long time and uh, applying it to this niche of business and tool gear that uh, we're excited about.
0: Okay. Uh, Why did you start off with the Western, uh, the Western style?
1: Yeah, well, we believe the western vertical um, is where we saw the most opportunity as it relates to all of the rest of the things that we do. And we believe that on um, the Western styling, the versatility, uh, and the layering concept that you even talked about earlier, I think it certainly is a great place to start and uh, where we believe the brand has the most opportunity to take market share and really I I would you know my humble opinion I think there's some tiredness if you will of looking like everyone else in camp I mean um, there's a couple of brands that certainly own a lot of backs today and they've done a lot of great things and I also think though at the same time um, there's a lot of uniqueness with individuals like Uh, I think there's a movement that people don't want to be defined by a brand. They want to be complimented by the brand. Um, We're very subtle in our branding. Um, We we believe the camel pattern says a lot Um, and we want to be part of the journey. We don't want to define them. So we're not going to be beaten on our chest and saying, look at me now. Uh, We just really are humbled to be taken along on any journey. So um, we believe the Western spot is a good good place to, to start. And at some point, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll do the Eastern thing too. The whitetail thing because obviously the firm market share, you know, that's 80% of the market is, is the, the whitetail deer. So, yeah.
0: What has been your feedback so far from, uh, customers?
1: Um, well, the couple feedback, a uh, couple specific ones I'll bring up is, um, just rock solid bulletproof. We had a couple guys, uh, actually two different teams of guys who went moose hunting this year and as you know moose hunting can be a very demanding um uh pursuit uh you can deal with a lot of inclement conditions and one of the specific was just kept dry for 14 hours you know and when you have rain gear that actually keeps you dry for 14 hours that's saying a lot about any rain gear because inevitably whether it's perspiration wetting you out or actually the bad stuff coming in so I've had some really good feedback from a couple of groups of moose hunters, and then we've been in the elk woods quite a bit, um, seeding product getting feedback from uh, key people we trust and like you guys have nailed it. And then certainly we've been testing the product for the last couple of years in our individual pursuits. So, you know, again, um, very early Dan on the journey. But I'm, I'm very happy about not only the performance of the gear, but the camel pattern and the pictures I've seen and, and people's testimony like this is just, this looks great. And, and I've been watching my buddy on the side hill, and my goodness, it's just, you guys have nailed it. So that's early on. We, we have a lot of selling to do and a lot more to learn, but our learning curve is small here. And uh, I think we've, we, we're definitely on the target. Um, we'll have to obviously improve things as we go forward, but we're excited where we're at.
0: Yeah. What does product testing look like for you guys?
1: You know, as many hours in the field, um, and, and, and really, it doesn't have to be hunting time. Like, a lot of the product testing I do is working on my farm, whether I'm doing food plots, or I'm I'm uh, bush hogging my clover plot, or I'm cutting down trees, or I'm working on my ATV, UTV, uh, whether I'm climbing up in trees and limbing. So, it's all any activity where I'm training my dog. Um, it's all those Hard use environments that um, I do more testing there than I do in the woods because I think that is the ultimate uh, test is when you're doing just everyday, hard working, blue collar stuff, um, is where I do a lot of the testing. And then certainly we have other advocates or other. people that we use when they're out there scouting early season when they're doing stuff in the mountains as well so that's i mean at, at the end of the day and that's a lot of you know you can do a lot of lab testing on abrasion resistance um there's also technical tests you can do in a lab to make sure that before we even gets on body that that material actually uh well it's breathability um whether it's durability abrasion testing or it stretches a lot of those things you can do at a fabric development level as well that you know, starts before you even put it in a finished garment. Yeah. Um, what does 2O mean? Yeah, so tools a, a, it has a couple of meanings. It's it's out backwards, which um, wasn't really the reason we did it. Um, but the one of the meanings of tool is yours. Mm-hmm. And we were very passionate that this is not our brand. It's your brand as a consumer. So we really wanted to do what we could to put the consumer in the driver's seat. So um, we have a little John Deere tractor thing going too. And I use that as analogy of John Deere has a bunch of smart engineers and they actually tell you what you should drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure a lot of consumer feedback that they get, I'm sure they get it, but they tell you. Um, I think we've done a good job of balancing us putting the customer in the right scenario with the garments that we produce. But as we move forward, Dan, and as we did testing and – and uh product sessions with key people we trust there's a lot of your in it in other words people that are out there doing it every day whether it's guides and outfitters or key trusted people we've used to help this development process so um we want this to. we want at the end of the day to make this brand about the consumer again we want to be part of the ride um and we'll continue to take feedback from the consumers and really go where they want us to go um and so those are a couple of the meanings behind tool. And it's you know, at the end of the day it's about, you know, the the road less traveled. It's about the public land guy. It's a little bit about the anti establishment movement that don't want to be part of a, a bigger conglomerate movement. Um and and at the end of the day it's sweaty backs and dirty hands and people out there doing it. So really real product for real people, um, you know, pursuing their passion, in the outdoors.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm looking at your base layers right now, and I see that they are all merino wool. Uh, why, yeah. why did you guys decide to go with a merino base layer uh, over synthetics?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly the 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 good part of merino it, the, the fits great um, and the stretchability and the conform with your body's great. Um, that's number one. Number two is it has great natural, um, odor resistance to it and and Dan I'm sure you've used a lot of merino. I mean I was out my elk hunt last year and wearing the same piece of uh two oh merino I'm sweating uh, for ten days and doesn't stink. Um and then you know certainly number three is its ability to move with your temperature. So you know polys um early morning they can have a kind of a cooling effect or late in the evening they have a cooling effect. Um, Merino does such a good job, whether I'm, I'm fishing, you know, we've done product testing on Merino in the, in the fishing environments. Well, where it's really hot, where you traditionally have some poly spandexes and it's unbelievable how you think, man, this is way too, I would never wear Merino when it's hot, but Merino functions very good when it's hot. And then in the cool evenings, you don't have a cool down effect. It just rides with your body and you just don't have that sensation of material level. So those are the three reasons Um, the fit, the odor resistance and how the, the, how it acclimatizes with your body. It's just really hard to beat. Um, even though it's more expensive than doing a poly, um, it just has really great overall performance with it.
0: Okay. Now here's another kind of difficult question. Uh, playing devil's advocate again, I've talked, with like I said, I've, I've talked with a lot of guys and, um, they've sent me their gear. And their Merino wool, and I'm not saying all of them, I'm saying some of them that I've received, they are itchy. And they say they're soft, but they're they're itchy. And to the point where there was one test, there was one day uh, I was wearing a Merino base layer top that I received from this one company. And it was so itchy. I was in the tree stand. I took it off. And I was like, "I can't wear this anymore. It's distracting, and so is here's the question: is your merino soft?
1: yeah, I mean i i I think it's great. um, you know, we use eighteen and a half microns, so you know not all merinos equal. um you definitely want really fine merino so you don't have that scratching effect, if you will, the yeah. inside, so yeah, I mean it's. It's, uh, I think it's great on, you know, on skin. That's what it was designed to do. Um, but you're right, Dan. Not, not all merino is, is equal. And I think we've done a nice job of, of landing in the right spot with our merino. Gotcha. You know, the the, the, the only other thing I would say about merino, and you probably experienced this, Dan, it's not tougher than nails. No, it's not at all. No. Nope. <laughs> so, I, you know, there's a lot of fabric development we're doing. There's combinations of, of bringing a little bit more, um, you know, we bring nylon into some more merino to give it a little bit more uh, 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 durability. Mm-hmm. So, like one of our merino pieces, we use uh, what uh, I think 10, 12% um, spun nylon as well. So, trying to make sure that you don't um, you don't defeat, if you will that in the merino field, but yet give it a little bit tougher sort of face. So I think there's a lot more development as well as we go forward. Well, there'll be other combinations of merino. So gotcha. Um, that's probably the biggest downside of merino is just the durability. And some people just aren't smart enough to know if they go through a bush or a, something really bad that it will tear. And it's tough because it's expensive. So you have to be a little careful with merino too. Yep. All right.
0: Uh, next question is about the the garments that you brought to market. What was what was the decision to uh, introduce or to, when you when you launched the company the garments that that you had?
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to Dan, you know, when we talked about simplicity of the assortment. Is, is understanding, because we've been there, understanding what it takes to hunt August 15th and to know what it can look like on in a, a moose hunt or a late season elk hunt and know what you need from a thermal value and or element protection. So as we looked at the jackets and the pants, whether it's our early season merino pieces um, or if it's our mid season uh, soft shell pieces or if it's our, you know, puffy jacket, or it's the ballistic rain shell pant jacket. um, When you really think about that journey I described from August 15th to, you know, November, um, those pieces work together to really fulfill an experience. So that, and again, it was not easy. Trust me, there was a lot of kids that didn't get on the bus. (laughs) There's other silhouettes. that are like, man, we want to do it. And then, you know, it's it's also just being – you know, fiscally responsible as well. We're going to be here for the long term and to make sure that we didn't get over the tip of our skis and, and to make sure that we had a simplified assortment. So a lot of thought went into it and even simple things, which ones have hoods, which ones don't, um, you know, which do we do quarter zip, half zips? Do we do full zips on the pan? I mean, there's just a lot of, um, you know, details within the details that I mentioned earlier that go into every piece of product we create. Yeah. So you
0: mentioned, you know, eventually you're going to you're going to try to get into that whitetail market. Um, mm-hmm. What does that look like for you guys as far as products that you're going to bring to market?
1: Yeah, there'll be you know certainly late season whitetail. Um, definitely, and there'll be some things that we'll have to do there. Um, I wouldn't, you know, and and Dan, you know this. Um, one of the attributes of the of the whitetail woods is what being quiet yeah. and and having really soft face base materials now you could hunt with this in the whitetail woods not right now early season mid midseason um, probably going late season with the soft shell personally I'm not a huge soft shell fan in the tree um, I like the the durability I like the the windproofness of it I like the water resiliency I just like to be a little more whisper quiet if you will and as you know when you get in the whitetail woods and you're sitting and you know you're going in early like I went I was hunting Iowa two years ago I think it was Yeah, two or three years ago when it was, you know, five degrees on on November 3rd. And you got to get in there early because you're not going to miss the morning hunt. And you want to make sure you're in the tree from 10 to 2. And, oh, by the way, now now it's 2 o'clock. I got the evening run. I mean, keeping people in the stand um, uh, versus in a a non-moving situation to running up the mountainside to cut off the elk. Um, they're just two different situations and fabrications silhouettes insulation properties uh, face fabrics I think when you get in the whitetail woods I just put a different helmet on because my experiences tell me we need to do a few different things as it relates to a whitetail assortment so uh, we have some you know we have we have a lot of ideas there and it, it'll be great when we get there but right now it's about the western hunter. Um, we'll find this I mean we got some guys already hunting whitetails. Uh-huh. With tool gear, which again, uh, at the end of the day, it's a it's a top and a bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can go back to my early days of hunting on the White River in South Dakota, and I was wearing my cowboy boots with goulashes, snap goulashes, and an Oshkosh coverall with a cotton hoodie and a stocking cap, and and maybe some hot chocolate that my mom sent me. So uh, it it can be done. It can be done with anything, but I think dialing it in right now, keeping people comfortable and really making sure that you're buttoned up um, is what we'll get the whitetail side uh, when we, when we go down that road. All right.
0: So here's the question, right? All, all these people now have listened to this podcast and you know, they, they, maybe they like what you've said. why, compared to all the other brands that are available out there who are providing what, like currently it's Western, you know, elk hunting, mule deer hunting, um, those, those types of situations. They have, they have other offerings. Why should they consider TUA?
1: Yeah. I think simply stated that, um, you know, we're real people doing real things here and, And we have a, you know, lifetime guarantee on our product. And I would tell you, if you're tired, if you will, of the commercialization of other guys out there, you're like, I want my own look. I want my own experience. I want to be part of a ground level experience with a new brand. And you're intrigued at all by um, the experience that we talked about today, how we do what we do. And I would tell you, if you like the camel pattern, which, um, trust me, you will, um, and you think it's you, um, and – and we're fortunate enough for you to give us in your hard dollars to be part of your journey. We would love and be humbled to be part of that. Um, and I think we have a compelling story. We'll continue to dial in our assortment. Um, the simplification, I think, uh, Dan, would be another thing. If you just want simple and you want straightforward, you don't want a tough buying decision, um, and, and not worry about what camel pattern, uh, which I love a lot of camel patterns, but you want a simplified experience and you want – you know, garments that I can go west with, or I can go east with, and, um, I think we're a very simplified, um, yet very technical, well thought out brand that, um, I would just tell you to check us out, um, be part of the journey, and, and know that your opinion counts, because at the end of the day, this is about the listeners, and about their experiences, and we just want to be part of, uh, part of their journey, so, uh, uh, help us build a brand. Uh, it's, it's not easy to build a brand Dan, as you know, yeah, you start out with zero customers and you have to earn uh, hard dollars that come out of someone's wallet and and we we certainly respect um, You know the value of the dollar and it's tough out there and uh, so Buy gear that'll be with you for life and will perform and allow you to have success and and never have to worry about being comfortable out in the field.
0: Yeah, Uh as we wind down here, is there anything else that you haven't discussed or you haven't shared that we need to know about uh, the product line or the company?
1: Yeah, I um, I don't think so, Dan. Um, again, I think when consumers come to places that they're like, man, I like these guys, I kind of like what they're saying, um, I, I just understand that's a decision. You, you can go down the, the road of doing what others are doing or – you know, have a choice and say, I want to, I want to be different and I want to, you know, I want to support what they're doing and support their passion for the outdoors. And, uh, we just won't let you down. So, um, I'm excited as customer stories are flowing in this fall and I'm seeing, you know, elk on the ground, I'm seeing moose on the ground, I'm seeing, you know, uh, mule deer being killed. It's just neat to know that we're part of a story, Dan, that Hollywood could never dream up and never will dream up and to be part of those experiences and you know how it is when you're hunting with a buddy and you're like can you believe that happened yeah um and i can't you can never draw this up i mean just to be part of that story and know that you're you're part of the reason that success happened is is just benefit enough and uh so as those stories roll in it's certainly uh cloud dad moments if you will that uh this game went from an idea into concepts, into finished goods, into marketing, and naming conventions, and uh, a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. And uh, uh, we're gonna be here a long time, uh, trust me that. This is not a uh, flame that's gonna burn out. We we have backing, and, and we have other things going on as well that allow us to continue to drive this brand forward. Perfect, perfect. Well- You it, need to get some stuff out. We Did we send you any gear yet? <laughs> no, you haven't. You have not. Well, that, that, seems like a problem you were on a podcast today dan with you and you're going west and you don't have any of her stuff that's, that's that's problematic so we'll get you taken care of though i you know again i i'm a big boy and i take big boy comments and everything's not ever right for everybody so love to get you in the gear though and be part of your journey dan and and uh, i just wish you all the success as you go out west and uh go chase the chase those mule deer around it's it's oh uh, man that that's a It's a very depressing and yet uh, elated (laughs) moments sort of journey that you'll have. (laughs) That's a fact.
0: Right now it's just depressing. But, (laughs) well, I tell you what, Aaron, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, talk to us about the the product line and and the company and uh, good luck the rest of the season, man.
1: Yeah, Dan, I I appreciate it. Humble that gave us some time today and I'll look forward to watching your storylines and and your journey and, and trust me In the lows I'll be with you and the highs I'll be with you and I just wish you the best and again uh, had a great conversation today so people uh, want to check us out more go to dot gearcom and, uh, and uh, message us if you have any questions uh, we'll respond to you and help you out with whatever you're fixing on going to